You can never and should never seek validation outside yourself because it is a game, it is a chase that there is no victory. You will never get validation, true validation that's fulfilling outside of yourself. But that's what credentialing seems to be. In your prospect conversations, do you feel a need to prove to the prospect that you're credible and can bring value? You may also feel like you have to share success stories or case studies. This need to prove your expertise is called credentialing, and it's a common pitfall for sales professionals. The problem is, credentialing comes from a place of insecurity, and it can actually damage your credibility. You've worked really hard to get to where you are, and your experiences are worth sharing, but it needs to be done in the right way. In this episode, we explore the issues with credentialing and break down the five things you should do before listing your experiences for the prospect. Let's jump in. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. I think on this one, Kylie, we're going to ruffle some feathers. You're a really good feather ruffler. <laughs> I've been told that. I've been also told other things. <laughs> All right. We'll keep it PG for today. was in a workshop a couple weeks ago, and this whole idea of credentialing came up. And these individuals have 15, 20 years experience. And they absolutely, Kylie, couldn't even fathom not credentialing themselves either through email or in the beginning of a meeting as if it was a must have so they could feel like they belonged there. So we're going to ruffle feathers on this one because I'm going to come right out and say it. I think number one, credentialing has changed. And number two, I think when you spend time credentialing the traditional way, it's all because of your insecurities. Ouch. All right. So let's dig into this a little bit deeper. Let's take a step back first. And Dan, can you explain to our listeners what you mean by credentialing? Credentialing is allowing someone to know that you're capable. I think that's the easiest way to describe it. How would you describe it? What comes to mind is, again, thinking that the other person is capable of doing something, that they're competent and that they have the experience or expertise. I would agree with that. The challenge is how it's done. So if I look at recently where, as you know, we're trying to find another coach to join our team, and I have talked to a lot of talented people out there, but there's still this pull or this draw or need for people to validate themselves. They feel like they have to let someone know that they're good because of X, Y, or Z. In this case, I can think of one example with a coach I was talking to, and they let me know that they had four different coaching certifications. Conversation with the person was so-so, but in my head, I'm thinking, I really don't care. I don't care what kind of certifications that you have or what a piece of paper says you can't or can do. What I care about is the experience. What I care about is how you communicate and if what you do can have an impact on what we're looking for. I think just coming from the other side of it, 
I worked in HR for a few years. And when I got into the role, I had no experience. So the first thing I went and did was go get some kind of credential. So I went and took the SHRM certification. And if you work in HR, you understand these four letters after your name are important to establish yourself as an HR professional. Well, behind the scenes, I really didn't study for this exam at all. I just happened to be a pretty decent test taker, and I went into this assessment the night before cramming for some definitions, and I went in and somehow passed. So it didn't necessarily mean I was any better at HR because I got this certification. If we dive into this a little bit deeper, does a piece of paper tell anybody that somebody's good? No. Does someone's persona on social media tell anybody that they're good at what they do? No, I think we've all met more than enough people who convey themselves one way on social media and then you find out that whatever life you thought they had in real life is totally different. Shallow brooks run noisy. <laughs> yes. Right? It's like little dogs bark a lot. I remember talking to this one individual and they must have went on for three or four minutes about their past successes and who they were and all that. And as the person was talking on Zoom, I'm trying to act interested, but I wasn't. I could care less. Credentialing comes from a place of insecurity. It comes from a place of, I may not belong here, so maybe I should validate myself by letting this person know some really important things about me that might impress them. But then at the end of the day, you can never and should never seek validation outside yourself because it is a game, it is a chase that there is no victory. You will never get validation, true validation that's fulfilling outside of yourself. And But that's what credentialing seems to be. It's like, I need to say this, 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 remind them of this, 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 and that, tell them of this and that, show them this and that, because when I do all that, then I will be worthy and they will know that I am worthy and they, I will feel that I am worthy to be sitting in this room. I'm <laughs> just like, wow, that has a lot of time and energy where what if you just spend some time on yourself, starting to believe in yourself, reminding yourself of the obstacles that you have overcome and that you have had some successes, and that you are there in that conversation to do the right thing. Do you really need to credential yourself any more than that? In that interview, Dan, where the candidate was going on and on about what they had accomplished and past successes, it sounds like they were almost overselling it. Good point, Kylie, because they, they did it at the beginning. I'm not saying I would have reacted different if they did it at the end, but they did it at the beginning. And it was almost like they were trying to just prove and prove and prove. And it, it was just hard for me to, to engage them at that point. So if you think about that conversation, what did that proving do with the trust that you had in that individual? Great skepticism. Because it went on so extensively that it just really did feel like, okay, what are they hiding? What are they not telling me? Why are they coming so full force right now? It's exactly how I felt. And those were my thoughts as that person and I were trying to engage in this conversation. So it actually probably did the exact opposite of what he intended it to do. He probably went in thinking, I'm going to tell them all about what I've done so they trust that I can do this job. 
Yeah. I think his thinking must have been deeper than that though. And he might not have been aware of it where he must have been doubting that he was a good candidate for the job because only from that doubt could that insecurity come from. The words we hear are rooted in thoughts. So yes, Dan, to your point, there were some thoughts behind that that prompted him to oversell or over-credential himself. Yeah, I mean, I, I can just think of these examples where every time it's really happened, I wanted to invest no more energy and time. I'll never forget this one time I went to this workshop and this lady, I don't know what her expertise was, but she was some kind of coach or consultant with a specific expertise. And there was about 50 of us in the room and I went in there and by the time the first five minutes was over, I checked out. She had that NASCAR PowerPoint, right? Where she had all these companies that she had worked with. That was her first slide. Her second slide was the three books that she had written, okay? And I think her third slide actually might have been some quotes from people that had engaged her expertise. And truth be told, by the time the first five minutes was over, I was I checked out. Ironically, at the end of the workshop, I thought maybe I was the only one that felt that way. So I was a little cautious. I was talking to some other folks. And I was just asking, hey, what'd you think? What'd you learn? You know, get any good nuggets? Almost every single other person I talked to had checked out as well. I don't think it's that ironic though, is it? At the time, I wanted to be careful. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I was the only person that when when I hear someone boasting, proving, bragging, pitching, positioning themselves out of the gate, I thought maybe it was just me, my personality type. Maybe it was just something I didn't care for. But as I've learned, credentialing is a negative. It does the opposite, as you've already suggested. It causes distrust, skepticism doubt. So if I put myself in the shoes of the audience in that that example or in the shoes of you as you're interviewing a candidate or even the shoes of a prospect as they're listening to an advisor, what's going through my mind is how can this person help me? How is this person going to add value to my life in some way? And in each of those examples, that question did not get answered. No, it didn't get answered. And as you were talking, here's where my head went, right? Because I know we have clients that struggle with this. They have a ton of experience and it is worth sharing. It's when it's shared, right? But why do people feel like they have to? Because that's what I hear. Yeah, but Dan, I have to. Yeah, but Dan, I need to. And so my question is why? Why do you have to? Because it makes them feel better. If I go into a conversation knowing that my role is to help sales organizations and sales leaders, and I don't do that in that initial conversation, I don't come across as genuine and authentic and wanting to help. If I'm not there in that moment looking for ways in which I might be able to help them, based on my experience, based on my expertise, based on the work I've done with other teams, I'm not helping them get the most out of that conversation. So my role in any prospecting conversation is to try and help. And if I'm not doing that, 
what's going to tell these people that I'm going to be able to come in and help their team if I stand up in front of them in a training room and coach their their sales organization? That is only going to hurt my credibility. If I focus on me and what I've done and what I do with other teams, they're not going to be able to connect to how I can help them. So Kylie, what you're saying is you're focusing on the problems and the challenges that your prospect faces and you're not focusing on your solution or your expertise. That's correct. So there are ways to credential yourself, but they're very different. And they're based on showing the prospect that you care about their problems and challenges. See, I think a lot of times salespeople put the solving at the front end so let me tell this prospect how good we are that I am so we can show them, tell them, prove to them that we are capable of solving things for them. They put that first versus let me help this prospect understand that we care. We care about the problems that they have and we care about the challenges that they face and if they're in a position to improve them and maybe potentially solve them. I think that's the big challenge. Everybody puts the credentialing with the solving first. Well, we do that because that's about us as the sales professional, and the problem is about the prospect. It's what the prospect's issues are. It's not about us. When you think about that shallow brook running, right? It's hectic. It's frantic. The water is pouring down this shallow little brook riverbed and it's smashing up against rocks and logs and it's going everywhere. All right. It's just that franticness. It's all on the surface too. And that's how it feels sometimes when I listen to people try to credential themselves to solve or position their solution versus like when you think about a, you know, a deep river run silent, everything's underneath the surface and it's so powerful. And that power moves the logs. It moves the rocks. It doesn't splash around because there's so much depth to it. That's just how it feels a lot of times when I, when I watch people spend all that energy frantically and hectically trying to credential themselves versus others who are very calm and just dive right into their learning, asking questions and listening. And because of that, they tend to move those sales objections or obstacles out of the way. All right. So if we are in a conversation and we feel like it's important for them to understand why we may be qualified to have a conversation, or in other words, if we are going to credential ourselves, how do we go about doing that? Great question, Kyle. I think my immediate answer is if you feel like you need to credential yourself, stop. Don't do it. Whatever way you're going to come up with, whatever strategy or tactic you're going to try to deploy, don't do it. It's because you have that need and you feel that need that it's innately probably going to come out wrong. I think credentialing happens naturally. Because remember what we talked about at the beginning. You, as the sales professional, have to feel it inside. It's not something that you're going to be granted or gifted externally. You have to feel inside that you belong there. One of the best ways, as we know, is to remove the low intent, which is all about making the sale and move yourself into that high intent mindset, which is I'm here to determine how and if I can help and are they even ready for the help. 
That shift alone, a lot of times, can make you as an individual out there feel good inside because you know you're not there to push, drive, or persuade, or convince someone to go a path that serves you. Because none of us feel good about that. We're there to see if there's a way to help and is it important to that prospect. It's different. And so I think credentialing will happen innately when you have more of that high intent. But the first thing you want to do is do your homework, do your research, make sure you understand the pains, the problems, the challenges that this prospect could be experiencing or the industry that they're in could be experiencing. Number two, really important, because you do the research and the homework, do not make assumptions. Do the research and homework, but hold back on your assumptions because if you walk into the meeting and you've bought into all this research that says that you can help your prospect with X, Y, and Z, you've now made all these assumptions. You are only going to ask questions that lend themselves to the assumptions that you've made. You're only going to listen for things that lend itself to the assumptions that you've already made. So number two, if you want to credential yourself, refrain from assumptions. Number three, double down, invest in your learning. Take the time to ask questions. Your questions shows your prospect that you care. Ask about their business, ask about the problem in particular, but make sure you invest time in learning. Number four, most important, listen. When you listen, and if you're truly listening, you will ask innately second and third level questions. However, if you are listening and you are still listening with some of that low intent, you are still listening based on some assumptions that you've made, Here's what you will do instead. Instead of asking second or third level questions, you will use filler words to acknowledge what the prospect just said, and you will move on to a different question. You will say things like, wow, or great, or excellent, or interesting. Anytime you do that, that should tell you immediately you're not in the moment, you're not engaged, you're not listening. If you are, you're only listening for what you want to hear. And you haven't heard anything you wanted to hear yet, so you use a filler word to jump to a different question. Number five is go two to three levels deep on your questions. Two and three levels deep in your learning does show your prospect that you care and will credential you. It's not about your solution. It's about helping that prospect identify problems and helping that prospect identify if those problems are worth solving. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode? <laughs>